The Down Below podcast was our last best hope to analyze. We failed. But in the year of the spoiler war, it became something greater. Our last best hope for answers. The year is 2015. The show, down below. Well, hello again, everybody. Welcome to Down Below, a Babylon 5 intro cast. I'm Will. I'm Anne. I'm Beth. Today, we are joined by a return visitor who's stepping in this week. Say hello to Jason. Hey, Jason. Hey. Hello. Welcome back. Yeah, thanks, yeah, thanks for stepping in this week. Yep, now I don't have to mow the grass. Uh, oh, it's like 90 degrees and 100% humidity here, so I don't mind. Uh, yeah, yeah. Stay inside in the cool. Well, hopefully it's cooler inside. I don't have air conditioning, so sometimes it is hotter inside than Oh, at <laughs> yeah. all? Well, I put in two window units upstairs, so I'm not suffering when I'm trying to sleep. Oh, okay. Downstairs, it's pretty rough sometimes. Yeah, I've heard that's uh, it's a problem up in the northeast or northwest. Northwest, yeah. Most people don't have central air because it doesn't get hot there very often. Yeah, we don't uh, tend to need it in the UK. It gets a little hot in the summer, but we can open our windows. We get enough airflow to help cool the place down. Yeah, people in LA don't have it either, but I have window mm. units. So. This summer we had an early, it usually doesn't get hot enough to really need it until later on, but this summer it came early for some reason. This we actually had a lightning storm yesterday. That's like a once every couple of years rareness. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we get, yeah. Yeah. We get lightning. I'll hear thunder maybe twice a year up here. Oh, so summer thunderstorm is one of the best things, really. Yeah, I miss those Mississippi southern uh, thunderstorms. But anyway, <laughs> something uh, interesting, uh, interesting to talk about for the next hour. <laughs> we don't have weather at Babylon 5. <laughs> oh. Well, we're here today to discuss episode 18 of season 3 Walkabout. But first, here's an ISN special report. This is an ISN special report. We come to you this week with the amazing story of a man called John Luck who traveled to Australia to participate in the custom called a walkabout. When he arrived, he was denied the opportunity to participate because he is wheelchair-bound. On his way back to the United States, he crash-landed on an island and miraculously regained the ability to walk. Mr. Locke later hanged himself in a hotel room. This has been an ISN special report. This is an imaginary podcast, which may never have happened. The Short Box Showcase. But then again may have. About a father and daughter. I'm Professor Allen. And I'm Emily. Who came from Ohio and talked about comics. Walking Dead. Tintin. Black Lightning. White Tiger. It tells of their rise to glory. 
when the great guests were yet to be booked. Let's put it this way, Shogun Warriors wasn't going to win any Eisners. And the great feats of editing, not yet performed. This is Ultra 7, this is Ultraman Jack, and this Ultraman Taro, and this Ultraman Leo, and this Ultra... Of how they spoke at length. This continuity is really the brainchild of nitpicking nerds the world over. But to be fair, the best kind of confession is the Force Confession. And reviewed in brief tales that explore creatively the bounds of a given character's history. Red Sun is wonderful with a very strange ending. Of brilliant creators before their fall from grace. This is the era where Miller is at the height of his creative and artistic powers. And the ability of strong writing to encapsulate and transcend its time. Flash of Two Earths by Gardner Fox. This is an imaginary podcast. Aren't they all? Short Box Showcase is part of the Relatively Geeky family of podcasts. Check us out on the web at relativelygeekypodcast.blogspot.com or search on iTunes for Relatively Geeky or Short Box Showcase. And remember, we're not experts. We're just family. Yeah, since I had kind of a date last night and I'm not too fond of this episode, I didn't do a re- I didn't watch it a second time to do a recap like I normally do, so I'm going to use the synopsis on the Lurker's Guide. That's okay. That sounds more important <laughs> to have a date. <laughs> a part of me was going to, like, end it early so I could come back and watch the episode, but I was like, it's walkabout. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, the, the thing is, it starts out promising. The first thing we get is actually kind of nice, the scene between uh, Garibaldi and Londo. Yeah, you, well, you might be able to tell I'm not too fond of walkabout so. <laughs> and it was directed by kevin g crimen and written by jms originally aired september 30 1996 and it had been three months since war without end part two. Oh, really oh wait four months sorry oh wow that so was may 20 yeah so i take a big break and come back oh yeah it, <laughs> it's not a good um <laughs> <sighs> I've I, I got a feeling they must have lost viewers on this. <laughs> um, so let's get started. Yeah, we start out with Londo and Garibaldi. Um, apparently the Jatok, a Narn heavy cruiser, has joined B5 to protect the station. Londo's unhappy about it, and Garibaldi's going to give him maybe a little bit of uh, assurance that the cruiser won't attack the first entire vessel that shows up, but not much. Yeah, well, I kind of took it more that Garibaldi was just, don't bother me with this, I've got bigger issues at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. What exactly is going on with this Narn Centauri thing? So, the the war is like, officially over, but then, you know, Narnia is occupied? Right? Essentially, yes. Okay. But, but they have Babylon Five is neutral. Yeah, new- yeah, Babylon Five is neutral territory. It's given Jakar asylum. Also, that means probably all the nuns on Babylon Five have asylum here as well. Um, and they did a similar thing for the cruiser last year. So, right. yeah, it's the only place at the moment nuns can be free. Mm-hmm. 
And Earth and, C- and Centauri Prime still have that pact, even though when they go to Garibaldi, is saying that basically, yeah, but <laughs> we broke off from Earth, so yeah, really good. That, you know, was the right long even the guy. Oh, you're turning to a robot a little bit there. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's better. Um. Right, so. Was that, oh, yeah, lead us back. <laughs> yeah. And we get us Dr. Hobbs as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, she's back. Did um, they forget how to act in that scene? They both look like uh, they're reading cue cards or something. I was, yeah, I was having a little trouble with Lita in this episode. I wasn't sure, like, am I remembering wrong? I'm pretty sure she's a better actress than this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there is there one good thing with her in it. Like, yeah. There really is. She, she does know how to act. It's just, I'm not sure the director knows how to direct. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I, I hope she's not listening. <laughs> I doubt she's listening. Did we talk about the Comic Con panel last week? Mm-mm. I really no. wish I could have seen that. I'm, you know, I've heard a little um, bit of. I read the um, thing you put in. You know, it sounds like yeah. a really nice one. I hope yeah. it was filmed by someone. You know, I think there is a YouTube video of it. I'll have to try to find it. But yeah, I hope they keep doing panels. Maybe there'll be a hundred and thirty dollar version of it you can buy next year. <laughs> the one they did for the twentieth anniversary. Yeah. Did did they reveal anything? Do, do you know like uh, like backstories or? Ah, uh, I think I, I don't remember. Just I think kind I kind of, of um, actor stories really, and apparently Bill Murray has you know a dead memory can remember anything, but the rest of the cast can barely remember. So. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a few anecdotes, um, like um, Jerry Joyle, who um, plays Garibaldi, he had to stay with um, Andreas Katsoulis for a while. Oh, yeah. Uh, Andreas Katsoulis um, had granite flooring, and um, I think it was an earthquake happened. Uh, so the floor cracked, but he just kept the insurance money. Yeah. <laughs> and you just kept a crack in the floor? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the shakes, yeah. Oh. I, think, I remember Bill Mooney here, him talk about stories from like Lost in Space, and that was when he was just a little kid. Like, how do you remember all of this stuff? Yeah, um, I think the um, thing I read basically went on a lot about their current works. You know, they're doing yeah. a lot of new stuff and they're promoting that. I can't remember a lot of it, though. Oh yeah, like Claudia Christian does a lot of voice acting, and so does that one guy who we don't know yet. Hmm. Oh, yeah. And JMS wasn't there, right? Not at this I one. I yeah, don't he think. was at the Sensei thing, but I don't think he was at this one. It's kind of weird though that he wasn't there. Uh, I'd just say it was timing more than anything. You know how Comic Con is <laughs> crazy. Well, it's crazy, but it's not that big. It's not that hard to get places. And plus, they shuttle everybody with, you know, with security, and they have back ways to get places. So, I mean, I don't think it's that hard. I don't know. It just seems weird. Unless they were at the exact same time. Yeah, I know he did two panels. I don't know the timing. I don't know. know. Maybe they just want to be actors. I think, and I think Patricia Tallman was hosting it. I'm not sure. 
Yeah. Um, oh, yes, yeah, she rinsed. In fact, she's got a uh, teenage son at the moment. Yeah. Uh, kind of... Yeah, Thank just you. small stories yeah. like that. Um, the new story has some minor spoilers in it, but if we can get those edited out, it'd be fine to read, I think. Okay. And, of course, we're not talking about the story. That's okay. It's still Babylon 5 related. <laughs> it is, but... <laughs> uh, they did not mention Walkabout at all. Oh, no. <laughs> Didn't make it into that hour. Is this not that spoilery? Uh, what you were saying, Ian? Um, I think largely that extra cast member is the major spoiler. Oh, it's not a big deal. <laughs> but, yeah, because I was going to try not to edit this episode just to save time. I have, <laughs> <laughs> I have like, a lot of stuff to do today for work. Anyway, um, so this new Boreline ship arrives. Oh, yeah, and they're going to page the captain, but, you know, the captain just decided to stretch his legs a little bit, take a walk. He's outside the station. Mm-hmm. Is that like a magnetized boots? Oh, so I, I get that impression, yeah. But even so, just... It goes spinning off. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I could send somebody to get him, but they know where to look. But the new Vorlon ship goes up and gets a close look at the captain. What did it say on its... I mean, obviously, if you don't know what it says on its side, but <laughs> it was writing, right? I mean, it... It, it said something formed, in Vorlon, yeah. Some Vorlon words, okay. It's probably like we... I don't know, maybe <laughs> the Lurker's Guide has some information about that. We'll find out later, because I didn't read ahead of time. <laughs> oh, it, did, it didn't... Uh, he never says what it is. He makes some jokes, but... Oh, I, don't, okay. I don't think he made a translation for it, or at least okay. not at the time he was writing about the episode. And I don't see anything in the future. That was a pretty cool scene, though. Yeah, mm, it was a nice sequence. Yeah, I couldn't figure out what it was for. It just seemed it, it reminded me of the time when uh, Sinclair didn't he wasn't he outside the ship when some important person came? Oh. Um. My memory mm. that wrong. No, no, maybe ours is. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking Sheridan once had. Well, uh, yeah, the only reason I could see it just say it looks impressive, and that's why it's there. I thought so it I did this. seemed like the ship, you know, had a mind of its own, kind of. So that's kind of what I was thinking. Like the ship was mm. doing it. Mm. Maybe the ship recognized the piece of Kosh. Or whatever connection with Kashi has. Ooh, oh, good one. perhaps. But well, then why didn't he tell? Uh, right. Yeah, why didn't he know? That's where it was, mm. you know. Because it was the ship. <laughs> yeah, it's not, the ship's not talking to him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the ship's He's mean to a ship. Yeah. Well, we'll get to it later, but this uh, Volon definitely seems more sinister than Kosh. Well, even quieter. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> He hasn't been around humans as long, so... He's not as loquacious. <laughs> He's got to come out of his shell. Uh, <laughs> um, so Jakar is treating this Captain Call to dinner, and they're talking about... You mean, uh, what's his face? Yeah. Ethan Rain? Ethan Rain. <laughs> it's like his third different is... part on this show. Yeah, <laughs> they like him. 
Yeah, and I just learned that he passed away. I didn't know that he had passed away a couple years ago. Mm, yeah, I think I remember. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, maybe I've forgotten. And another guy from Babylon 5 passed away this week. The guy that played Duncan in Exogenesis. Oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> the room's starting to get a bit crowded, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, only about 10 other Narn vessels survived the war, and um, he wants to know when they're going to fight back, but Jakar says they can't. They have to defend B5 as B5 falls, and we all fall. I do remember some of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Some of this is from my own memory. Still, this episode does have a couple of nice moments, but the majority isn't great. Uh, One of the nice moments is the whole Swedish meatball thing. (laughs) That was uh, weird. That was weird. Yeah. Mm. So they're waiting for Ivanova and Sheridan, Garibaldi, I guess, are waiting for uh, the new Borline to arrive. And now it's Ivanova and Sheridan. Garibaldi's going looking for Dr. Franklin, who hasn't been seen in a while. And Sheridan's still surprised about his STEM addiction. And maybe I should have talked to him. So the new ambassador arrives. So- He's a bit. Ivanova just knows about this. Somebody must have told her. Ivanova <laughs> yeah, um, knows everything. Yeah, yeah. It goes back to that quote from, I think it might have been season one. If something happens on the station that Ivanova doesn't know, that's when you should worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, she knows after the fact anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, this new, they agree that they should call him Kosh for all intents and purposes. He is Kosh, and, but mm. what do we call you when we're, we're alone? <laughs> What's our pet? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah it's just the two of us. What should we call him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just for the sake of convenience, um, cause it's never actually on screen, I don't think. Um, so I think it must be fans that coined, um, the name. This, um, Volon's all kosh or all kesh. I can never quite remember how we pronounce it. We can call him Kosh.0. Just kidding. (laughs) So they never say, well, maybe a spoiler. I thought that that's the name I always know him by. Yeah, I I don't remember it ever actually being stated. Okay. But yeah, all all kesh is. It's just going to be easier if we do it like that from now on. Um,. (laughs) Um, Does he have this slightly different encounter suit? Yeah, yeah. it's like, is nobody going to notice the new suit and the new <laughs> ship he However, arrives on? It, we have actually seen this encounter suit before. Was it on, on Member? Yes, this was the encounter suit we saw on Member. Okay. The guy who dropped the mic. <laughs> <laughs> so he does yeah. talk, sort of. Yeah. yeah so on top to that guy last week. Isn't that the guy, uh, isn't he also there at the in in the past and war without end. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's the same. Are we assuming it's the same guy? Yeah, the fan assumption I think is that um, the Volons there at the end. On one side is all cash, on the other side is Kosh. Uh, they're much younger okay. versions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, they're younger versions. Okay. He looks so much younger. In yeah, the- wow, <laughs> recognizable. And yeah, he says we are all kosh. Okay. <laughs> so after that, Garibaldi finds Franklin in the Zocalo and wants to know what he's doing. He says he's going on a walkabout. It's 
an Australian Aborigine right of soul searching and he hopes to find himself somewhere he walks far enough. I mean, he stayed on the station, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I said so. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying, this is the only Franklin scene that I didn't fast forward through. <laughs> yeah, and the Franklin, yeah, the rest of the Franklin stuff, I just kind of zoned out when it was going on, for the most part. So we see Kosh in, we see Okesh in Kosh's quarters, and he kind of sees what happened to Kosh. So he sees some after image, like, he sees an after image of some shadows and a human. Yeah, Morden and the Shadows. Again, great um, use of just that iris because it conveys so much information. I I'm, I'm swear I could see Orkes pissed off in the scene. <laughs> New Kosh. Well, I already said that Lita is getting close to the ambassador's quarters and she finds him there and he's mad and he's choking her. And, but she's saying that she was off doing what Kosh told her to do and she wasn't there. I presume that um, she was she would have been able to save him through her psychic ability, psi abilities? Is that what he was re- basically uh, at least part what? of him because yeah, for the sounds of it later on, that's what she's been doing. If um, Orkesh is looking for a part of Kosh um, then Lita must be off carrying bits of Kosh around the place all the time. And it doesn't have to be rational. She could just think, you know, if she had been there, she could have helped. Not but yeah, so yeah. It doesn't necessarily be true. Yeah, what could she have done? Mm. So Kosh, so they think that Kosh basically horcruxed himself somewhere. Essentially, that's what he's doing, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, she seemed, oh, he seems satisfied and I think this is where he said follow so, yeah, later Lita's talking to Sheridan and she's blaming herself for Kosh's death and she wants to know if there's any kind of a problem. And then this is where she hears Kosh's voice and kind of jolts. And then she tries to get out of there quickly. <laughs> she, only, she, she has somewhere to go. But this is where Captain had something. Yeah, Captain has something that she, he wants her to do. What was and, it? I don't remember. Oh, the, oh, you mean the, the going yeah, on to the, what? Okay. Yeah, their mission. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was. Something, I thought you meant something else. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> My mind went to thirty. <laughs> so Franklin's at a nightclub where Wallace's mom, yeah, Wallace's <laughs> mom. is singing. Oh, the, the song! The awful, awful song. Yeah, it really wasn't that that well performed. Unfortunately, she has a nice voice, but eh, she has a nice voice for an actress, but <laughs> like not like as a singer. Okay. And uh, well, you know, at least it's not opera that Star Trek seems to have an obsession with. <laughs> yeah. He's instantly smitten with her. Um, and next, Sheridan explaining that to everybody, the War Council that. Since they know the shadow's weakness, they want to engage a shadow vessel with a telepath on board to test their theory. So he wants someone to volunteer to help. And they all do, except for Jakar. Wait, volunteers? No, Jakar says he's got to ask the captain in this bit. Um, Yeah. (laughs) 
And the, oh, the yeah. rest, the rest of them hem and haw like they're in a, a fourth grade music uh, play or something like that. Yeah. It was all like I, it just seemed like really. Uh, it was very oddly shot and paced that that whole scene. I just yeah, did not seem good to me. <laughs> Sheridan doesn't want to take them in bar and telepath, but they overrule him. That's again another nice little moment in the episode that you know Sheridan gets overruled. You don't re- usually see that when you've got a hero captain on screen. Yeah. yeah, and why wouldn't he want to take the Mavari telepaths? I don't understand. Uh, his argument mm-hmm. is he's trying to save lives, and the less lives on the line in this, the better. Yeah. yeah the others make more sense. The others make <laughs> more sense, and it doesn't seem like Sheridan's character to be the one making the argument he does. Especially if Le- uh, Lita, <laughs> I just blanked on her name, is Lita, right? Right, just a P five. Um, you know, I don't know what how they rate Membari telepaths, but presumably there's different ranges, and maybe that you know one of them is more because P five doesn't sound very high anyway. Um, oh, yes, and also Membari telepaths have to work differently because they don't seem to need line of sight. Mm. But weren't they looking up at that big screen? Uh, I imagine them looking up at a screen, but that's not exactly line of sight. <laughs> well, wasn't the screen basically mirroring what was outside the ship, or no? I imagine in the Membari ship it would do, but when Lita's on the White Star, she's actually got the window out the front. Mm-hmm. So, now, why would she need line of sight, but not them? That's weird. Hmm. Difference in biology, maybe, you know, maybe Membari telepaths just need to see an image of the thing they're concentrating on. Hmm, interesting. They really need to use a Centauri telepath, dang it, because they could, like, keep some of them back at Babylon 5, and they could, like, send their thoughts through the one on the White Star. That'd be sweet. Yeah, mm. the uh, probably the Centauri telepaths would not volunteer for this oh, no, particular job. <laughs> yeah, eventually maybe. Um, so he's smitten with her. And she, oh, okay. So yeah, Sandra... just skip over the um Franklin <laughs> storyline. We don't need to go into it at all. Yeah, oh, so her name is okay. Kaylin, and yeah, they're talking while the club's closing up. So the Nicole refuses Jakar's offer his request to support the White Star. It's a fool's mission. So the White Star leaves with only that one Minbari war cruiser as an escort. So as soon as they find a shadow ship, they're going to jump out of hyperspace and try to engage the enemy alone. And yeah, Kaylin and Franklin, she. Talk about sweat seeing somebody's soul or something, but all she sees of him is pieces. Metaphor, <laughs> metaphor, metaphor. Who wrote this episode? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the same person wrote this episode. That wrote War Without End. Oh, really. that's okay. He's not, he's not done uh, failing horribly. Yeah. <laughs> but that, I think the, that's the disappointment about this, that we know it's JMS and he can do so much better. As as far as the single episode romances go, I do think this one's more believable than most because they don't try to make us believe that they've become soulmates within 
20 in within 20 minutes of the episode mm, no, uh, no just that they have a casual just they have a you know casual connection and um so i, I that's a small bright shi- part of their relationship yeah i didn't really i didn't hate it i didn't you know it was all right it, it was it's, it's it least, was consensual so that was good it was yeah it wasn't him you know violating his doctor oath <laughs> yeah all his other relationships <laughs> Except he's going on walkabout, and then as soon as he meets a pretty woman, he goes right back to his sick bay. Uh, and, that beco- and she becomes so, made lab. Sorry, made lab. Oh yeah, she becomes his patient. So. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's got the you know the Sander Harris problem where he only can find one type of woman. <laughs> so Jakar is awakened by a mad Garibaldi throws the book of Jaquan at him. And- Ooh, um, that's more than a thump. I know. Uh, this could actually be the best scene in the episode. Yeah, he reminds him that humans helped protect the Jatak during the end of the war, and because you know their commander ordered them to do it, not because they weren't afraid of dying. And um, he thinks it's Jakar's responsibility to lead, not that other guy, not Ethan Rain. So Garibaldi storms out. Yeah, you know, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I get some, yeah, this is where Franklin's stroking her shoulder. <laughs> but consensual this time, right? Yeah. She wants some a painkiller to, to help sleep. And he's like, don't ask me to do that. And maybe you should drink less. And she's annoyed by this. And Yeah, I mean, Franklin, really? Come on. Yeah. That's a doctor in him, though. Yeah. He refuses to help her. So in the White Star, Sheridan talks to Lita, and she asks him about Kasha's death, and um, you know, he tells her how Kasha touched his mind on a couple of occasions, and then just then they find a shadow attack going on, and they jump in, leaving the Mimbari ship behind. So Lita prods the shadow ship, and in retaliation, she collapses. Yeah, although they're then you get the fact that there's a big shift in her attitude when she gets that yeah. vision of Kosh's death. Yeah, was this uh, when Sharon was trying to get her up? And, yeah, uh, phys- physical yeah. contact um, allowed her to touch his memory, I suppose. Mm. I don't know if we heard this. I don't think we heard this before, but she said, what, they ripped him apart? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the actually the moment when she touches... Uh, whatever's left of Kosh in him because uh, Sheridan never saw the actual like the actual death no the actual, the actual no, exploded didn't. you know yeah. exploding out of the account, account, counter suit so I think it's that's sad. actually a memory of whatever was connected to him from Kosh yeah, it's just sad though from mm. Kosh yeah. oh it, it gives her motivation though yeah so she <laughs> says her fury steadies her and she halts the shadow ship in space. <laughs> yeah, that's about what she does. <laughs> so yeah, she says you're gonna do something, you better do it now. So they put all their firepower into it and they destroy the Yeah, they have to take the jump engines offline to do this and they destroy the shadow ship. Yes, every she she says her quote, which I won't say because someone might want to use it. Uh, but uh, it's about the only when, good quote in the episode. When she when she <laughs> says it, uh, I every time I watch the episode, I always expect her to say "pain," like uh, the guy <laughs> from season one. Uh, yeah. hmm. Um, Mr. Gray, that so, was it. 
Herman Gray. So, um, oh, that guy. Yeah, he's in the book that I'm trying to read with Talia. Boy, I think it's called Voices. It's, are you trying to read the uh, Telepath trilogy? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 not that one. No. Um. Uh, sadly, uh, I need to one because Telepath trilogy. I haven't read it in years, but I remember it being excellent. And so Kaylin steals Franklin's identity card and leaves the room. And Leah tells him the shadows got out for the stress signal. She tried to block it, but it seems like she should have told him that. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, had like 20 minutes, <laughs> they had 20 minutes, and in the past 10 minutes, you had no time to tell them. But. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, the jumping just going to need 10 minutes to recuperate, but the shadows come, but the men. Bari comes in to help. They have three telepaths, and Vita's too tired to help, so there's one shadow ship chasing them. And But in the instant right before they're destroyed, the Jatak with Jakar on board comes in and rescue, and they oh, double yes. the shadow ship. <laughs> Except I must Jakar's have fallen asleep. Oh, I don't know. I don't Jakar. remember. I remember the Membari helping, but I don't remember the Narn ship getting there so oh well, that's the yeah, best part of the episode <laughs> dang it well one of it because yeah it, it comes through and it's a hero moment it really is yeah and then the other shadow ships run i think yeah. the real hero moment is when all the other ships from all the other races come through it, it's yeah really you know um what kosh and kosh <laughs> comes back to life yeah because <laughs> oh. that's kind of the that's kind of <laughs> Yeah, that's the counterpoint to the whole war council meeting when they were all kind of holding back and not wanting to send ships. And then at the end of this, the Narn ship comes through and then all the other race of ships, uh, or a couple other race ships, uh, there's, I don't know, four or five, uh, come yeah, through. Yeah, it's a mini fleet, to, essentially. Yeah. You know, because um, the combined power of the Jatok and the White Star took out a um, shadow ship that kind of forces the others to scarper. Alrighty. <laughs> no, I'm confused. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so basically, this is their first head-on victory with a shadow um, fleet. And we don't know how many shadow ships are out there, really. I mean, there could be... No, we don't. There could be thousands. Yeah. So, it's a shirt and cackles with glee. I don't remember that. But... <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not sure Sheridan's a cackler. <laughs> <laughs> and we hear... Kosh saying, and so it begins. That would be the other good quote in the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Again, that's Kosh from right back in the end of season one. And I think that's the indication of it uh, being a beginning is because it's the first time they've united across many races to help defeat the shadows. Oh, yes. Yeah. This is a big deal. Because one, one, you know, the humans couldn't do it alone. Even the human and Bari couldn't do it alone. You say human and Bari, you mean Babylon 5 and Bari. Right. <laughs> we are stronger than the sum of our parts, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so Franklin wakes up and finds Kaylin on the floor with his car, identity car, and some medicine. He rushes her to med lab. He finds out that she's been suffering from terminal neural paralysis and they diagnosed her with that before he was even on board and lost track of her because they thought she had left the station it's good to hear them mention Dr. Kyle mm-hmm. again yeah remember him so now she didn't overdose 
Lucky thought she just collapsed from the pain. She only has about six months left to live. Aww. Uh, here he shows that Dr. Hobbs is quite capable to, you know, she can run this place without him. <laughs> she might be better than him. Mm. Maybe. Yeah, presumably she's not on stims. I wonder if she does she date any patients. Yeah. She's not fondling her patients. At this, at this moment, no. <laughs> not that we've seen. Maybe we should check the tapes. <laughs> yeah, because that stuff would all be on tape, wouldn't it? <laughs> or, <laughs> or was it? Or was it? Hey, what's happening in his quarters? Probably. <laughs> Wow, that sounds so creepy. I know. Well, at least at least the first time it happened, they acknowledged it, like the other characters did. Well, yeah. So she doesn't want to be sent away because singing down below makes her last days worthwhile because she gives people hope. So Lita goes off. I think she was talking to Sherry, maybe, and then she goes off and talks to the new ambassador, and she says, you know. I don't have a piece, but I think someone else might have a piece of Tosh. Hmm. I'm not saying who now, because that creates tension. You know that? <laughs> and Franklin gets to hear one last song from Kaylin, and then he goes on with his walkabout. <laughs> this is a very, it's not that big of a station. I think he'll be back, right? I mean, it's five miles. Yeah, five, five miles. miles. It's not that long, though. No, not really. You could walk it in a few hours. Okay. Any notes? Painkiller was also used on... Medazine was also used on Sinclair to keep him unconscious in the sky full of stars. JMS wrote both of the songs in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. There were two songs? I was was wondering if it was an original song. Yeah, he he claimed they were... To if they were arranged differently, I don't know. I he wouldn't pay attention were, to the lyrics. Yeah, he claimed they were like jazzy Billy Holiday like songs, and I'm like, no, they're 80s synth pop. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I guess it was too. It would be too expensive to like actually get a Billy Holiday song or something. I don't know. Uh, JMS says it came out pretty well. It succeeded by three episodes, which. We haven't gotten to yet. Mm, I don't know. That what? If he's saying that he thinks the episode came out well, I don't know. I disagree. Oh, I thought you said <laughs> about three episodes. Oh, he was saying that it's only only three episodes. Or if I'm interpreting this correctly, I think he's saying that only three episodes are better, which we haven't gotten to yet. Yeah, there were there were uh, five. Uh, there were uh, only five episodes left in the rest of the season, I think. Okay. Oh right, and he's saying in the remaining part of the season, he thinks there's only three better than this. Basically, he has three thing, three ways he talks about episodes. There's the bad ones, which he just apologizes for. There's the not good ones, which he tries to find ways to justify them, and then there's the good ones, which you know he has no trouble defending. And this is one where he tries really hard to, but okay. Uh, it's he he's not he's not giving himself a lot of praise for it, but he's he's not admitting it's as bad as it is. Okay. And when you're promoting a show, you kind of have to do that, right? Yeah, there, originally, that oh, sorry. Say there will be other episodes where he will acknowledge up front that it's garbage. <laughs> but very few. It's a good series. Originally, they wanted to. Put this before War Without End, which kind of makes sense considering that 
you know, they're getting back to Kasha's death. And mm, that I think I said all. that um, when we had the Kasha's death episode a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Oh, it, the... It's an interesting experiment going by the preferred order. I think that's what um, the one guy's doing with his intro show. Um, forgetting the podcast name now. Braving Babylon 5, isn't it? Yeah. Another new one? He's basically a new viewer. He's just oh, finished okay. season one, and he's going by the preferred viewing order rather than the broadcast order which we're doing. Oh, okay, yeah, I uh, started listening to the one from the Babylon Five or from the Doctor Who. Uh, yeah, that, Ver- that's Verity a good podcast, one. I think. Yeah, Verity and uh, Two Minute Time Lord podcast hosts are doing the introduction to Babylon 5, I believe. Yeah. Uh, That's a pretty good one. Yeah. And so is this other one, Braving Babylon 5. It's just the one guy, and it's not a regular release schedule, but he's going through them pretty well. We ever find out what was written on Kasha's ship, I was worried. <laughs> Mainly, where's the bathroom and what's that smell? <laughs> <laughs> uh, then he also joked, welcome to Hawaii. Okay. And he wrote the songs. Are the lyrics linked to elements of the story? Not coincidences, no, but not as quite tightly linked as you suggest. Uh, line ships come out backwards. What? <laughs> yeah, well, he gets, into, he gets into a lot of explaining uh, little details that nit, nitpickers yeah. complain about, ah. so. You see, I, I always assumed they came out backwards because they've got those solar sails and um, they've got to deploy those. That's what slows them down on the approach to the station. But that wouldn't actually do anything. I mean, sails don't do anything in space. Well, no, if you say you have the solar radiation winds, basically they're radiation, but people call them solar winds. And if they basically are collectors for that sort of thing, they'd be able to use that to um, do something. They are all on ships, after all. They're millions of years in advance of what we have. All right, do we have any quotes? I've got to get in, I'm sorry. Burn, you bastards! (laughs) Uh, All I had was the cash quote. Oh, wait, hold on, let me see. Uh, No. (laughs) <laughs> I don't, don't want to do this like, this meatball one cause I didn't really yeah that's the one I was thinking like, I don't really feel like doing that it's not, it's not that great okay who's our human of the week oh jeez uh, Garibaldi okay with his uh, uh, motivational speech to Jakar yeah, with his motivational speech go for Garibaldi okay and alien of the week even harder uh, you got yeah, Caro, you got to car, sorry, because he got all the races together and got that yeah. um, fleet together. I suppose. I guess. I mean, not the new Kosh yet because he hasn't. Really no, done he hasn't really done anything. Delenn didn't really do anything, and Lando only had one scene. Yeah, it has to be Jakar. Oh, Don't really? see another option. Jakar is running away with this. <laughs> Um, what do we do next? Oh, <laughs> ratings. <laughs> what to start us out, Jason? Uh, 
I don't see any redeeming qualities in this episode. Uh, okay. I don't think it advances the storyline for the season at all. It doesn't advance Steven's storyline. I mean, he's still on walkabout when it's over. Did he learn a lesson from it? I don't I don't know. Uh, I guess, you know, we already knew that Telepass could have an impact on the shadows. Um, I guess we know how many laser beams it takes to destroy one of them, but Two. that doesn't seem like very, I mean, very helpful data yet. Um, I just, it's, I don't think, I think this is one of those episodes you could cut out entirely and not even the little side bits would really help you understand anything except that Alita now thinks there's a part of Kosh and Sheridan, but I don't even know if that gets rehashed in a future episode or not. Um, I like guess, if they, yeah. like, I think you could cut that, this episode out entirely and miss nothing. Um, so I don't one out of how many stars do you do? I mean, there's no, there, I don't have anything ten. to give it points for. So I guess, yeah, I give it one out of 10. Wow. I think it's not even that, bad enough to make fun of. I think our previous levels are one and a half. So what was that? Um, I was just looking at it. That was believers. Oh, that was Ian's rating. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that was. Yeah. yeah I, I like, I like, uh, there, I think there's, I think there's usually one or two episodes every season that I don't like. And some of them are so bad that I can make fun of parts of them or they have, you know, a C story or a B story that, that is important at least. Uh, but I just don't think this one has anything going for it. All right. How about you, Beth? Um, well, I didn't hate it. Um, you know, it was okay. I only watched it once, though. So if I had watched it again, maybe I would feel a little strong, more strongly against it. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree. It didn't really add much to anything. Um, you know, we didn't really, yeah, it didn't really add much to anything. Um, but at the same time, you know, it was okay. Um, so I'm going to give it 6.5 pieces of kosh. All right. How about you, Ian? Um, yeah, same thing. I think it did have a couple of, Important points. I think you do need Lita going up against the shadow ships at some point, and you do need, I think, the encounter with the new Vaughn ambassador. And as I said, the Garibaldi and Jakar scene was really nice. Everything else you don't really need. And the god awful songs, the, the whole Franklin storyline really. It's the only thing I can remember about this episode, and it's awful. I remember it because it's so bad. <laughs> but because it does have some redeeming qualities, I'm not going to rate it quite as low as Jason. Maybe I'd say 4 out of 10 needless LEDs in a mic. Mm, needless? Uh, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, this has very... It doesn't have a lot of redeeming qualities. It's only the a little bit of information we get about from Lita and the attack on the shadows. Other than that, it's very forgettable, unnecessary. So I'll give it four and a half out of ten uh, eye bleeds. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I forgot. <laughs> So that's a total score of four. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, lowest by a little bit. That's our lowest ever? Yeah, Infection got a four and a half. Guys. Whoa. (laughs) I think part of the problem actually is the strength of the episodes that precede it. It, that it could makes very it seem well, worse. Yes, I think I think that's definitely true. Because other than ship, uh, other than a light delivery from Avalon, we hadn't had below an eight since X of Genesis. And I liked a light delivery from Avalon quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, you were. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I like that one a lot too. All right, let us go on a walkabout and see if we can find feedback land. Oh, speaking of feedback oh, land, yeah. do we have a feedback doc? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, we really can't find feedback. Well, I'm sure I'm searching for <laughs> myself. <laughs> I was searching for something last night and thinking of this ready token. That's fine. <laughs> okay, in the Skype chat. First, we have... Oh. I got distracted by something shiny. <laughs> um, I, I got I got email from Best Buy. Sorry, I spent like 75 minutes on the phone with them trying to get an issue straightened out. And I had to talk to like six different people and explain the same story each time. It was so aggravating. Well, that's customer service so, for you. Oh, so, so terrible. So first we have an email from Heidi. Heidi's not aggravating. <laughs> Heidi says, hey guys, sorry I can't be there this week, but I will send in my comments instead. Please excuse the stream of conscience email. I don't have time before I leave on vacation for anything else. Yay, Franklin has taken a leave of absence. Oh, prediction comes true. Here's Lita asking about Kosh, new ambassador. Why am I missing this episode? Sheridan has PTSD and is walking in space. I wonder if he'll find Kodoth. Um, maybe he's getting abducted by Vorlons. Uh, Franklin is still there and talking way too much. (laughs) (laughs) And did they come in four minutes short on this episode? What was with the singer in the bar? Okay, I forgive them because it's Mrs. Fennell. Okay, maybe not. The storyline seems so out of place with everything else going on. Whoa, did Lita say she's only a P5? That was pretty cool. So telepaths can hold off spiders? Interesting. More on that in predictions. Yay, Jakar, coming to save the day. More Franklin and Mrs. Fennell. I don't, I really don't care. <laughs> who would, um, who could have a piece of kosh? The spiders maybe? Does that mean they can bring him back? Quote, Vorlon, we are all kosh. Sheridan, well, he's a Vorlon, all right. Ivanova, yep. Human of the Week, Lita, Alien, Jakar, rating. I enjoyed half of this episode and pretty much hated the other half. I'll give it a little better than half. Six out of ten, not the kosh. Uh. Oh, I, okay, <laughs> whoops. So that raises just, the rating up slightly. Yeah, I was just about to yeah, yeah. add that in very quickly. I, accidentally oh, I, uh, doc. I decided I want to adjust my rating to a two. Okay. Oh. Just because of the uh, ships flying in, I do really like that. Yeah. When all the when all the ships fly in, so I'm gonna give it a point for that. <laughs> so um, that brings it up to four point six. So it beats in uh, believers. That was a four point five. Yeah, uh, that, <laughs> that's good to hear. At least. <laughs> at I didn't want to be. I didn't mean I didn't want to be responsible for making believers not the bottom. <laughs> okay. Even though I personally, 
actually like believers, but I understand the universal hatred for it. (laughs) (laughs) You have a lot of power right now. (laughs) You can make this a lowest rated episode or not. (laughs) Predictions, Heidi says, maybe Vorlons are like Cylons and Kasha's soul or whatever else would download into a new floating ball of light if they have a piece of him. Also, I think it's more that they all have some kind of shared consciousness, and all the Vorlons felt the loss of a piece of them when Kosh died. Oh, yeah, they said the Vorlons aren't used to losing people. They're all kind of... So kind of like the Membari souls, then? Well, the Vorlons did influence Membari culture quite a lot. Mm -hmm. Also, oh, sorry. Oh, nothing. I was going to... Never mind. Also, wild theory coming your way, they're going to need Bester and the telepaths in order to defeat the shadows. That is the deal they will have to make that brings bad things about. I had fun with this one. I'll hopefully be back next time, Heidi. Yeah, Heidi. I hope things are going well, Heidi. Thanks, Heidi. Next time. Next we have, actually, you I, know. F- uh, just in response to her thing about Bester, uh, I think he actually, somebody actually asked in feedback why why they didn't call Bester to do this yeah. job and he sort of just you know explains Bester's far away and isn't going to run to Babylon 5 every time to help them you know he had, he 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 worked with them but he had his own motivations so um that that was just the response to this episode though apparently other people were thinking about Bester too cuz he's the most yeah. powerful mm-hmm. uh earth uh side that they know that the audience knows oh yeah like what could a P12 do to the ship mhm or how many ships could a P-12 stop? Next we have email from Lori and Carl. Oh, okay, I guess I'll take it. Am I still yep. sounding like a robot? You no. sound okay. good to me, and you always read these emails. I think that you, you always take Lori and Carl. I like Lori and Carl's emails. Yeah. Um, hello, ambassadors, commanders, and visitor. Our commentary for Walkabout. We see Leda again. You were all wondering how she would react to Kosh's death. What did you think? I must say I am not enjoying Leda right now. Her acting really seems forced. Hey, I think Will agrees with you. That may be (laughs) due to Carl's snarky comments about it, but I do agree. Carl commented she should talk to the captain, which she did later. Throughout the whole episode, Carl was very unhappy with the prospects of seeing a new Vorlon and says the new one is evil. (laughs) (laughs) What do Heidi and Elizabeth think of it? Oh, I don't know. I don't think he's evil. He's just... We better not be evil. Well, that would be kind of interesting, actually. But no, I don't think so. When the Vorlon ship encountered Sheridan, I got a 2001 vibe. Anyone else? Anybody? I haven't seen that in so long. He was really not terribly cuddly with Lita. Very scary with the red eye. He is... Maybe he had pink eye. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen 2001. Oh, pink eye? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> He is also even less verbose than Kosh. Carl thought that the new Vorlon sees Morden plus two shadows on the wall. What did you all see? Yeah, that's what I saw. Yeah, mm, I don't remember. Yeah. When did you all realize that a part of our old Kosh is in Sheridan? How long has that been the case? Is that why he was able to appear in his mind as his dad? I guess so, yeah. Carl thinks our old Kosh is now the narrator in the background. What? The narrator... The voice we were hearing. Oh, you mean like what Lita heard? I think that's what they mean. Oh, okay. There are all these random aliens now in the war room. Are they letting everyone in? Like Basically, Bal- yeah, the League of Non-Online Worlds. <laughs> yeah, the ones that agreed to come along. 
Likes Garibaldi confronting Jakar. That poor book has gotten a lot of abuse. <laughs> the ending of the mission seemed a bit cliche with the Narn swooping in at the last moment. That received a lot of eye rolling from Carl. <laughs> oh, and the main story was about Franklin and the walkabout. All I will say is that it received a lot of constant snark from Carl, and he thought it ended very predictably. I must say that the only part I was interested in was looking up who the singer was. Wallace's mom from Veronica Mars. That was cool. <laughs> Quotes, we are all kosh. Jakar, it's an earth food. They are called Swedish meatballs. It is a strange thing, but every sentient race has its own version of these Swedish meatballs. I suspect it's one of those great universal mysteries which will either never be explained or which would drive you mad if you ever learn the truth. Carl rating negative three evil imposter wannabe cautious. Favorite human is the basket seller. Favorite alien is blank. Lori is rating 4.5. Oh, right on target, Lori. Uh, human Garibaldi for lack of anyone else. An alien Lanier for his ever silent suffering as he has taken along on crazy missions. <laughs> That's a good yeah. point. Uh, thanks, Laurie, yeah, at least in this, um, Sheridan asked him, Lanier, come along and translate for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's expressing that really was, oh, I suppose I have to. Yeah. I guess Marcus is off somewhere. Oh, yeah, Marcus. Next, we have an email from Victor. I'll take that one then. Kosh is dead. Long live Kosh. It's a very. <laughs> it's a strange custom to name everyone Kosh. I wonder how all on parents keep things straight. Big Kosh, <laughs> stop picking on little Kosh. But it's probably no more confusing than George Foreman naming all of his sons George. <laughs> right away, we can see from the sinister lighting that Kosh 2.0 isn't all warm and fuzzy like the original Kosh. But once again, they had to re- interrupt a really good story with another Franklin Garibaldi interlude. I hope Franklin doesn't wander out any airlocks while they're trying to find himself on that walkabout. Not only was Franklin boring, but he was making even less sense than Kosh. <laughs> At least there is a battle with shadow vessels. Unfortunately, Lita starts out by channeling Talia, but then she gets it together. Considering her encounters with both Kosh and the Shadows, I hope they gave Lita combat pay this week. Note, when you take on the Shadows, always bring along an extra telepath or two. They may come in handy. Then the B story wraps up with Franklin in bed with a woman who, for once, isn't one of his patients. So I'm deducting half a point for the dumb walkabout story, but this episode still gets a 8.5 annoying Franklin soap operas. Uh, Regards, Victor. Generous, Victor. Thanks, Victor. Oh, Thanks, yeah, Victor. I think that's highest rating so far. So I just no. had a, I have a thought about people saying the new Kosh's or new Forlan is meaner. It's like the I think the last thing we saw of Kosh was him beating up Sheridan, like knocking him around the room and... That's true. So he wasn't yeah. exactly a he wasn't exactly a gentle puppy dog. No, but he was uh, he, frightened. 
<laughs> yeah, after that, he said he was frightened and came to Sheridan as his dad, and kind of that made us all forgive him, I think. Yeah, and now one of them has died, so it makes sense that if the, the replacement might even be more skittish. Yeah. About humans. You humans got one of us killed. Right. <clears throat> Next, we have an email from Anka. Uh, Anka says, hi, down below team. Yeah, we have a new Vorlon ambassador, but the moment he steps off the ship, we know and we see he is actually not really the good guy. We always assume Vorlons all look the same, but they don't. And this guy looks all creepy and dark. And lead us back to where was she when all the things happened lately? But at least she is back now and she can help them figure out if their theories are correct. Yeah, for stepping up to the task, Lita. I mean, man, this is one damn dangerous mission Sheridan, Lanier, and Lita are embarking on. Garibaldi is also great in this episode. In the first scene with Londo when he gives him a snappy answer, or more importantly when he walks up to Jakar and thumbs the book of Jaquan, actor Jerry Doyle is really strong in those moments, and he is right. What would the Narn do without Sheridan? At least they realize it in the end and luckily come to help out heroes. The other story about... Mm. <laughs> Oh, the other story, yeah, the other story about Franklin walking around the station and more importantly mingling with the folks in down below is somewhat okay, but not really my favorite storyline. First of all, apparently one can get oranges in down below, shared his influence, and secondly, the singer lady seems to live in some nice enough quarters, and Franklin asks her how she could just live like that. Really, Franklin? <clears throat> but anyway, I, I like her voice. The song was stuck in my head all day. I like the story around her, but I just don't like the walkabout story for Franklin. I mean, walking around in a closed city in space, he would probably run into everyone all the time. <laughs> a few things. Apparently, spacewalks are not that dangerous anymore. If the captain can simply go for a walk outside and nobody really cares. The Vorlon ship seems to like Sheridan. <laughs> I, like to th- I like to think of them as Vorlon dogs now that we know that they are alive. Or horses, since they are actually for traveling. Oranges on Babylon 5. Shouldn't this stuff cost a fortune? Or is you gonna, you're gonna be Steve? Ah, that's awful. Steven is so much better. Oh. <laughs> Lita's eye is bleeding and Sheridan just asks her if she is okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nose bleeding in movies always means it's really bad and everyone gets super freaked out about it while in real life it's just a nose bleeding. But eyes, that would freak everyone out in real life, but the crew on the White Star doesn't even seem to care. <laughs> we are all kosh. And those are all Swedish meatballs, not the IKEA version, at least. Well, I was actually going to ask that. If all races have a version of Swedish meatballs, do all races have a version of IKEA? (laughs) Yep. Bottom line, it's a good episode to get forward on the Shadow War story, and we see a new Vorlon. That's always cool. It's an okay-ish B story, but a likable co-star. I give it 8 out of 10 Swedish meatballs for $5.99 at IKEA. Franklin ate the other two. <laughs> Best quote, the Londo Garibaldi dialogue at the end. Londo, Mr. Garibaldi, you have never given me that promise. Garibaldi, you're right. Sleep tight. Human of the week, bleedy eye leader. <laughs> Alien of the week, Jakar for Swedish meatballs. Cheers and keep up the great work, Anka. Thanks, Anka. Next, we have an email from Yarsta, who I'll be talking to in a little bit on Sensei Podcast. Ooh. Oh, and I forgot that we moved this back an hour, so Ian, we have like 45 minutes before we start that. Oh, yeah, and then I 
I can only stay on for an hour and 15 or so because I've yeah. got my other podcast starting at a half seven. Oh my gosh. I still have guys. to. I still have to finish the last five minutes of the Sensei episode, so. <laughs> oh. Yeah. How many? What episode are you on now? Six. Oh, okay. Big yeah, I haven't made it past needs. like episode four or something. In the, oh, in the watching of the show. Got that brilliant um, music sequence in it. Yeah. Maybe yeah. three. I don't know. Okay. Let's take you still. Okay. Greetings down below, casters. Here's my feedback for walkabout. For me, this episode always feels like a bit of a letdown. It's certainly not terrible, but it's not War Without End Part 3 either. Anyway, I'll try not to duplicate too much of the stuff you probably discussed already. A few quick notes. What I like best about the title, Plot, is what they didn't do with it. Franklin is still on walkabout at the end of the episode. There is no quick, but unoriginal, well, he's found the right woman, or, well, he's been shown how important medicine is again, solution, and play. Also, it's nice to see Franklin and Garibaldi share some oranges. At least now we know Sheridan isn't keeping all of them to himself. <laughs> I didn't even notice the oranges. Okay. But I have to admit, in this episode, I'm always a bit tempted to skip the title plot to get to the Shadow War action. We need we get a new Vorlon ambassador whose ship writes a message for Sheridan we're left to wonder at. Once aboard, he's, to- he's cold to Sheridan and Ivanova, then goes all CSI on a wall to find traces of Kosh, and to round it all out, goes all Darth Vader on Lita for her failure. Sheridan seems more than usually worried about Lita. Is it just because he wants to use her as his secret weapon for a new test assault on the shadows? Or is there more going on? And why does Lita keep hearing Kosh when Sheridan speaks? Lita tells us the Vorlons are delicate, so presumably they require a special setting on your washing machine. Also, don't ever dry clean a Vorlon. Just don't. <laughs> <laughs> We find out that the Narn have about 10 ships left, and they're busy repairing ships that were damaged but not destroyed. Even so, they don't want to rest their ships to help Sheridan. Fortunately, Garibaldi, maybe inspired by contact with Franklin, performs some verbal surgery to give Jakar a new backbone, and the Narn come to the rescue after all, bringing some ships from the non-aligned worlds with them as well. Quick note, you need to freeze frame to see it clearly, but a Narn fighter is the lead ship of the second set of reinforcements that jump in. Given that Jakar is speaking from a variant of the Narn cockpit set, it seems Jakar is flying his own fighter for the first time since the start of Season 2. Quotes Garibaldi With everything that's been going on around here lately, he just needed to get out a little, stretch his legs a bit, so he took a walk outside on the forward cargo stabilizers. Um, and then there's the quote from Jakar about the Swedish meatballs. And then um, Franklin, it's a long story. Garibaldi, why is everything around here always a long story? Why isn't it ever a short story, a paragraph? Uh, Sheridan, unfortunately, war doesn't tolerate ambiguities. And Sheridan, then we have a problem. Lanier, yes, sir. Sheridan, run for it. Bonus quote. JMS was asked online about what the Vorlon ship wrote. His answer, what, do I look like someone who can speak Vorlon? Oh, sure, a few words, mainly where is the bathroom and what's that smell. But to translate something like that, please. Human of the episode, Lita, because judging by what she does to the shadow vessel, you don't want to make Lita angry. Alien of the episode, Jakar, for remembering he's the last of the Kari and he should act like it. Honorable mentions, Ivanova and Delenn for neatly tag-teaming shirt for neatly tag-teaming Sheridan into taking along backup telepaths, whether he likes it or not. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> uh, 
Episode rating 8 out of 10, surviving Narn warships. Yarstow from the Netherlands. Thanks, Yarstow. Thanks, Yarstow. Yeah. Thanks for that image of Vonova and the Lead tag team. Next is an email from Melanie. And I'll take her. Hi, down below us. This episode was much better than I thought it would be. That probably has something to do with the title. With everything else going on, I'm not that invested in Franklin's story at the moment. Now for the most interesting parts. This new Vorlon may call himself Kosh, but he's no Kosh. We also find out that it apparently takes one telepath to stop one shadow ship and the Mimbrill report three telepaths. I know that number, they like that number, but seriously, given bonuses for episode E, uh, given bu- giving bonuses for episodes is a time to, mm, sorry, I'm just not getting that sentence. <laughs> giving bonuses for episodes is a time to show what numbers you like. Still don't get that sentence, sorry, Melanie. Uh, Bringing the telepaths to try and figure out how much of a weakness the shadows have is not the time, unless the number you like to happen happens to be 68 or something like that. Just think about it. 68 Membari telepaths, 69 shadow ships, and Jocaston can still have show up with the uh, League of Non-Aligned World, and that would have been more epic than four shadow ships answering a distress call in the area that they just attacked. Letas also returns and somehow already knows that Kos is dead. Then she gets to hear Sheridan sounding like Kos, and she doesn't tell this new Vaughn on the details about that, or maybe she did, but the way they cut it just looked like the Vorlon suddenly started singing. Rating 8.5, bonus for Jakar, getting the League of Non-Aligned World to help out 0.555, fine rating 9.0555, singing Vorlons. Human of the Week, sorry. (laughs) Go ahead. Human of the Week, Lita, Alien, Jakar, and her quotes... New Volon, we are all kosh. Sheridan, well, he's a Volon, all right. Best regards, Melanie, the Krakovian Veer fan. Thanks, Melanie. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Melanie. Yeah. Say Jakar was Alien of the Week. I believe so. Cut out for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the, Jakar was Alien of the Week. The, the, the fact that they only bring three Minbari telepaths always bothered me, too, because they brought, like... 12 to stop um, Bester. How many? I wonder how many. Yeah, I wonder how many there are. Our next email is from Yan. Yan says, Hello, down below us. Here's a bit of feedback for the episode Walkabout. So, Franklin does walk about trying to find himself, but does he? Talk about an identity crisis. Okay, he does seem to be back to the ladies' man, though I did love the singer. She does have a good voice. But wait, Sheridan goes for a walk, too, on the outside of the station. Ah, he had his own walkabout. And the new Vorlon ambassador arrives. Wait, the new Vorlon ambassador is Loki? (laughs) Question mark, exclamation points. (laughs) Winky face. But yes, he really is a Vorlon, and he is Darth Kosh. Mm. And in the 
Oh, well, sorry. And in the main plot, Sheridan tests the theory of telepaths interfering with shadow vessels. Not much resonance with the others, only Delenn. That is, until Garibaldi calls Shakar out on his responsibility. As it turns out, the shadows are not totally invincible. Now for the favorites. Human, Garibaldi for calling out Jakar. Alien, I will have to go with Jakar again. Quotes, we are all Kaj. Also the one about Swedish meatballs. Jakar to the other Narn captain when he asks when they strike back. We don't. Not until we have repaired the other ships. For now, the most important thing we can do is lend our forces to protect this place. Because if Babylon 5 falls, we all fall with it. Also, Lanier, they ran, Sheridan. Yes, they did, Mr. Lanier. They did indeed. <laughs> also, and so it begins. I keep losing my face. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, oh, that's all for today. Be careful, for you have passed the point of no return a while ago. Yeah, and the Babylon letter. Thanks, <laughs> Sheehan. You need to come up with a new tagline. Uh, okay, yeah, thanks for all the great feedback, everyone, even though... Oh, thanks, yeah. Get the last episode out until late. Ask mail at down below podcast if you want to write in, or the Facebook page, or the website. And I think this episode should be a lot easier to edit than the last one. Yeah, that one was a beast. So do we want to do predictions? The name of the next episode is Grey 17 is Missing. <laughs> <laughs> Gray, like the color gray. Yeah, gray seventeen is missing. Oh, jeez. Oh, god. <sighs> um, the lost seventeenth member of the Gray Council <laughs> is found uh, inhabited. The soul has been transported to the body of uh, President Clark, and they figure this out. That's that's what I have. Otherwise, I do like. Heidi's theory about um, uh, about like getting sort of striking the devil's deal with the size um, in order to defeat the shadows because from what Bester said um, you know we know that they're not exactly in the loop uh, with what Aerith is doing and you know I could see that happening um, we also kind of left off what was whole, was going on with that whole side plot I guess with the room and everything but I don't know if that's we're going to come back to that anytime soon um I feel like at some point like so one of the characters that we know has to like try to merge with one of the shadow ships maybe um I, I don't know and um I guess we'll have to extract well I don't know I mean the whole thing with Kosh being in Sheridan um you might think like maybe that makes him like that changes his physiology somehow. Like maybe he can live longer or something because the Vorlons can. But then what we saw in the future, you know, last episode when they jumped like 17 years in the future, I mean, he looked older. So I don't know. Maybe they extract that part of Kosh from him or something. I, or maybe that part of Kosh becomes like his guiding his guide and like you can actually talk to it or learn to talk to it and get advice from it or something. I don't know. Um, that's all I got. Cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. wait, how many episodes do we have left? We have four, I think. Four. Gosh, mm. whatever I saw in that menu has to happen in the next four episodes. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. 
Well, I'm looking okay. forward to the next four then. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Have uh, have I haven't bought any TV show DVDs in a while. Have they gotten better about spoiling the whole series in the box art? Because it's a big thing yeah. in the '90s, like Buffy and uh, Babylon Five, and um, there's another show, uh, The X Files. Oh. I just love to spoil things yeah, right, right on the box art. Um, <laughs> well, I think they have gotten better about that. Yeah. Now the problem comes on Netflix. Apparently, the up next yeah. things on Netflix tend to spoil things nowadays. Yes, well, that spoils it. <laughs> that spoils it as you're watching it, not well. Think things. about Angel, for example. The um, cover art for Angel on Netflix is the the the, the box for the fifth season. Oh yeah, so with a certain character that yeah, yeah yeah. I know on the Deadwood Blu-rays, I know the season one part of it. The menu shows a character that doesn't show up to season two. It's not that big of a deal, but you just know that. That actor is going to be on the show, right? I don't know. Yeah. I just try not to look at every, anything too closely. I was just really randomly surprised by this menu because I didn't expect it to have anything, you know. So, it's just the language menu. Yeah, you won't be much longer. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <Some> more episodes. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I'm looking forward to that then. Um. So, Jason, yeah, thank you for coming and stepping in. Yeah, thanks, our, Jason. I always feel bad when I get on, I and I'm not as positive as you know maybe uh, the other people who would want to fill in could have been because I didn't rewatch the episode until this morning. Uh, And then I was just I kept going down as I was watching. I was like, oh yeah, that's the one with the boring Franklin plot, and then other stuff happens. uh, It's uh, it's good to have you on anyway. And there's actually a uh, slight theme between uh, this episode and the one I'm actually scheduled on, and. Uh, I'll mention it when I'm on the next one. Yeah. Ooh, let me guess. Swedish meatballs? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> um, yeah, so we are taking, uh, I think, a couple weeks off. I think I said, about. yeah, I'm going on a walkabout in Washington State. Now, I think, yeah, okay, I think I said two weeks off, but the schedule said one, so I'm just going to adjust the schedule. <laughs> and, yeah. I'll be out of town. We'll try to do some commentaries or something. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that's all we have this week, folks. We'll be back eventually in three weeks, I guess, with Gray 17 is missing. But until then, goodbye. Bye. Bye. Stroke off. Look for us on the web in iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Also, downbelowpodcast.com. Facebook.com slash group slash down below podcast and Twitter.com slash down below cast.